Hello beautiful people and welcome to the Holistic Awakening Podcast. I am Natalia O.L., your host, breath healer and holistic life coach for the modern awakened woman. In this podcast, we explore holistic awakening related topics. From feminine activation, cyclical wisdom, wellness, biohacking, alternative healing methods, to consciousness, magic, spirituality, personal development, and psychedelics. In this sacred space, you will find interviews with light leaders, juicy conversations, and live activations that will help you feel inspired and supported in your own holistic awakening journey. Hello and welcome to the Holistic Awakening podcast. If you are a new listener, welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you are a current listener, welcome. I love you so much. Thank you for being here and choosing to spend time with me today. So before we begin today's episode, I invite you to take a moment to pause during your busy day and take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. Gently allowing yourself to land in your body. Checking in with your energy and softening and relaxing before diving into today's episode. Very often we run around really busy and stressed, lost in our heads, and we forget that we have a body and that we have needs that we need to take care of. One of my goals with the Holistic Awakening podcast is to create a safe and sacred space for you to make yourself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, whatever your favorite drink is, and be able to join the conversation and feel like you're a part of this conversation and use this time for you to relax and get inspired. So after doing that, I hope that you're feeling more grounded and ready to dive into today's episode. Before I introduce today's guest, I have an announcement for you all. So for those of you that are new here, my name is Natalia and I am a breath healer and holistic life coach for women. Spots to work with me one-to-one inside the Holistic Awakening program, which is my signature program, are open for enrollment and we begin in June 2021. I must say that I only take a few women at a time inside this program because this is a four-month intense container where deep transformation and healing occurs. So if you are interested and ready to dive into your healing journey, to awaken to your fullest potential as a woman, to integrate your feminine energy, to create a lifestyle that feels in alignment with your soul that prioritizes self-care and well-being. If you are ready 
to explore your spiritual path and open to your own healing gifts, this is the program for you. So if you're interested, connect with me. You can contact me on Instagram at breathchica. Also, visit my website for more details, nataliaolcoaching.com. And yeah, get in touch. You can book a free 30-minute discovery call to see if we're a good match and to ask any questions that you might have about this program and about the work that I do. So yeah, that's my announcement for today. And I have to say I'm really excited to welcome the next round of women inside the Holistic Awakening program beginning in June. So if that's you, you know it. So get in touch and let's get down to work. All right, so let's dive into today's conversation. Our guest for today is Nikki Trott. Nikki is now a friend and is someone who I met a few years ago, whose journey I have followed closely and who I deeply admire. Nikki helps conscious entrepreneurs thrive and create profit with purpose. She's the founder of Conscious Accelerator. She's an expert transformation strategist and coach and very experienced brand strategist. She also has a podcast, Going Conscious, which I've been a guest in, so you should go and listen to that. And yeah, today in this conversation, you are going to witness a very flowy, open conversation where we talk all about balancing masculine and feminine energy when working as an entrepreneur. We talk about different feminine energy wounds like the sister wound and the money wound. We talk about Nikki's journey. We talk about purpose and how Nikki helps people connect with their essence and their purpose to create businesses that are conscious and feel in alignment. And even if you're not an entrepreneur, you will definitely gain insights and love this conversation with Nikki because she is so awake and has so much to offer. So with all of that being said, let's dive into the podcast and I hope you enjoy and I will see you on the other side of this conversation. All right, so hi Nikki, welcome to the Holistic Awakening Podcast. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited for our conversation. I feel like we have so many topics to dive into and yeah, let's see what comes through. Why don't we start by you introducing yourself, let us know a little bit about your journey and how you ended up doing the work that you're doing today. Okay, wow. I'll try and keep it quite short. <laughs> so um, I'm Nikki, I'm from London and I spent more than 10 years working in the fashion industry, consulting lots of top brands around the world. And I also then moved to Berlin when I was 29, when I had a sudden return and changed everything and set up my own company for the first time where I was 
also consulting top brands like Mercedes-Benz and Mac Cosmetics and the Prairie. And I was working on branding and strategy, which I loved. And I was working sometimes with really wonderful people. I definitely made friends for life in that time. But as my personal spiritual journey progressed, I realized more and more that my work didn't align with my values. I had started meditating, become fully vegan and started reading lots of spiritual books. And then I was helping brands to sell more things people don't need, which destroy the planet. And I just couldn't do it anymore. There was, a, there was actually this kind of last moment where I was flown to Berlin for a weekend, um, or not for a weekend, it was for a couple of days for a conference. I was running a, a global conference for a luxury skincare brand for all of their teams on digital strategy. And I was sent to have a facial so I could experience the products. And while this wonderful woman who I really connected with was putting this cream on my face, she was explaining that it was made with caviar. And I asked her, what, real, real fish eggs? And she said, yeah, yeah, it's real fish eggs. And I just thought, okay, this is absurd. I'm vegan and this lovely woman is putting fish eggs on my face from a pot which costs $1,000 for a small pot which is more plastic than cream. And it was just this moment where I just knew, you know, whatever the brand is, however much money someone comes to offer, that's it, that is enough. I, this is so just not aligned with me. I would never buy this product. I would never give it to someone I love. So why would I put my energy into promoting it? And I think, you know, I, I had really been conditioned externally by what success, means and before I'd started my own company I already had this feeling of okay I have a great job I was a, a director at a top fashion uh, agency advertising agency when I was very young still in my 20s and I was always told how successful I was but I didn't feel successful because it wasn't aligned with me and my flow so it took me a while to understand that and to move from this external validation into my own internal journey so after that trip to New York I turned down everything I was offered, whatever it was, because I knew that money was nothing actually to do with my path I needed to take. And I decided to go and follow my intuition completely. My intuition told me to train as a transformation coach. I knew it wasn't the end. I knew that I wouldn't just then become a coach, but I didn't know what it was and where it would take me, but I knew I needed to do it. So I left my business. Some people thought I was literally going crazy. <laughs> I was asked questions like, have you become a hippie now? Or what, what is this? And I, I said, you know what? I'm doing what feels right to me. And I just don't really have any space for any external opinions because I had 100% knowledge that I was being guided in the right direction for me. So I trained as a transformation coach and I started coaching visionary women, mainly, mostly women, entrepreneurs who want to make a positive impact on the world with whatever their work is. Some still in fashion, in sustainability, in fashion, um, others in, in various different industries around health and wellness. And I was just so happy to be working with people who were aligned with what I cared about and also to be able to really make a big difference to them on a personal and internal level because I always found it kind of strange going and working with people 
professionally as a strategic consultant that there was human being in front of me and there was no discussion around their human experience. But that's such a key part to the success of a project is how you feel. Do you feel confident? Do you have imposter syndrome? But none of this was ever discussed in meetings, which to be honest, were mainly with white men. Um, when you're talking about decision makers at top brands, you know, even in the fashion industry, which obviously sells a lot more to women. Um, so I then realized when I was coaching these amazing women that all of my brand and business experience that I had from before was hugely relevant and applicable to them and something they really needed. And I love how our purpose does that. Sometimes we don't necessarily even know why we did something, why we were on a certain path. But I, I seem to always see, I mean, I suppose nothing is absolute, but in every example I've come across, we then discover why we were doing something and how we can bring it together with a purpose that's greater than ourselves at some point. So I now bring all of that together. I have my company Conscious Accelerator and we help entrepreneurs who want to make a positive impact to really thrive, to create profit with purpose and to use business as the vehicle for, for change, which I believe it needs to be used for. And we're passionate about supporting women. More than 75% of our clients are women and our team. And I also have my podcast, Going Conscious, where you've been a guest. So go and check that episode <laughs> out if you haven't already listened. And on Going Conscious, I speak with visionary conscious entrepreneurs and academics about a more fulfilling and free life um, and path to success. And so I love that as well. Also two, two guests, uh, female guests to every male. Um, so that's really important to me in this world of podcasting, which is predominantly white male voices um, and nothing wrong with white men, of course, but um, focusing on enlightened men and, and women. Um, so that's what brought me to where I am today. Oh my gosh, what a wonderful story. Uh, thank you so much for sharing Nikki I feel like there's so much to unpack here so the first thing that's coming through as I listen to you it's this sort of correlation between your spiritual awakening and finding your true purpose and I guess I'm curious um, to know more about how that um, journey looked for you more in depth in terms of what was the perhaps the darker part of that journey, things that you needed to uh, find within yourself in order to uncover your purpose. And I just, I'm so interested to, to hear more about that link between spiritual awakening and then purpose. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I, I think that really the link in one word is internal. Um, having lived externally, being super sociable, being out all the time in, in London where I grew up, working with brands, flying around the world, um, being told I was successful, feeling good, loving life. Everything was external, nothing was present. I was one of those people who would talk about my next trip when I was on a trip, <laughs> which I only realized when I... Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, which was one of the most important first books that I read on that beginning point of my spiritual journey and recognized, wow, that isn't happiness. You know, anticipation is not happiness mm. and understanding that difference. Um, so I really felt that it was going internally, going inside myself for the first time 
um, which I, for me, I needed to leave London. So when I was 29, I literally left my job as a director of a great company, left my lovely boyfriend of five years because I realized that we both had more to grow in different directions, although we could have been happy, but the, I knew that there was something more. Um, cut my long hair off, which is, <laughs> you know, doesn't really, uh, it's shallow, but at the same time, I think it really signals a kind of new, new stage of life and became fully vegan, having already not eaten meat for a long time, but, but then started meditating. So all of these things happened within three months mm. and the Brexit vote, which was my kind of last straw when, and I just thought, you know what, I'm out of here. And my best friend from university is from Berlin and he was back in Berlin and I had been coming for both business and for, for fun to see my friends for years. I think I had been coming for six years before um, moving. So it, I had nearly moved to New York for work a few times and I had spent a lot of time there. And I realized New York is like the opposite direction from London than Berlin is, you know, where New York is faster, more crazy, more expensive, more about um, how you're perceived by others. Berlin is the opposite. It, I could slow down. I could go inside myself in whatever way I wanted. And however hard I tried, I would never be <laughs> the most eccentric person. Um, no one even looks twice if you walk down the street, I don't know, doing anything, wearing yeah. anything. You, know, you can just truly expand and experience your, your, your coming into yourself. And that was important for me to get myself out of such a familiar zone uh, place I've grown up where I, I realized that the people who I've known my whole life also had certain views of me like we all do. And they were constraining me because I would live up to them they weren't bad they weren't good they were just a view of who is Nikki and actually I wanted to really allow who am I to come through I also had never taken drugs having lived in London that's pretty pretty rare uh, and pretty crazy but I, I started partying quite young with older friends and no one would be the one who wanted me to take drugs from them the first time and I saw stuff happen before ever can you know I just never felt that that I needed them or wanted them I think often people take drugs before they see dark sides of it but I saw the dark sides having had no interest in actually taking them I mean just starting to drink alcohol was like more than enough for me to deal with actually at that time mm -hmm. being so young and I drank alcohol for many years um until until um I, I completely stopped when I was in Berlin, but that's a different story. But also at this time um, of my Saturn return, I then went on a trip to Mexico and tried LSD and mushrooms and had a number of psychedelic experiences because for me, I mean, they're not harmful. They're not addictive. They, I really saw them as spiritual openers and, and now understand that, that they're medicines. And so I had some incredible experiences as well on those, which really just helped me to connect and understand the oneness um mm. but you asked about also dark sides of the journey um mm. I, I, I didn't feel that there was a particular dark place that I went through but I did allow my pendulum to fully swing so I went from being this career ambitious city woman traveling around the world with this successful business to right to the other side of saying I'm going to stop and I'm going to go inside myself 
And I started doing lots of Pilates, which I found to be a spiritual practice because it enabled me for the first time to connect with my body and integrate it as part of me instead of treating it as an external shell that I kept pushing and pushing with less sleep and more parties and work. Um, and that was really important just to give myself that grace to come into myself. But then as I realized that I was going to follow a life and a career path that was now going to be completely driven by purpose and never ever compromise my values as much as I could, I decided to say goodbye to profit. I said, you know what, I've made the money. That's not what it's about. So I'm going to go down this other route. And I think that was my challenge, I would say that I then said, you know, my clients, they can just pay me what they feel. I don't want anyone to not be able to have the help they need. And, and I, I sort of just completely turned my back on money. Actually, it was fine. I mean, I had, I had a, more than enough money left mm. over from my previous business. There was no kind of financial pressure. Otherwise, maybe I would have been in a different situation. But it took me a bit of time to understand, actually, when you combine your when you really follow your purpose, that's when you bring more profit. Yeah. And, and, now, and I, now I've got to this point where I can see, wow, I have way more of an impact than before. Mm. And my business is growing so much faster and so much more that I can do and so much more profit that I can create. And that's something I also help my clients to understand is when you move from what you were doing before to purpose, it does not mean saying goodbye to profit. It's actually how do you drive even more profit? Mm. Yeah. Wow. I think what's coming through as, as I hear to what you're saying is like you moved from these and correct me if, if that's wrong or if this if doesn't resonate but I feel like you came from the wounded masculine right like really city life you know trying to prove yourself trying to find success um, in terms of what others consider success to then the wounded feminine, which is like, I'm completely going to stop. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to go inside, but now I'm going to give myself up. You know, I'm going to sacrifice myself for the good of the world. And then with the work you've doing and the journey you've been, it's like you've been able to bring yourself to this balance between a healthy masculine driven energy that allows you to you know, be on top of your business and serve your clients and have a, have a purpose but then also you maintaining your feminine essence. So you're like doing Pilates and you really value your internal journey and being out in nature and um, yeah, your spiritual engaging, you know, in like psychedelic medicine. So I'm just so like fascinated by um, how everything is unfolded for you. And I would love for you to share a bit about these like masculine feminine dynamic you know and, and especially for women in business like I want to hear what's your approach to business in terms of keeping this balance um yeah like there you know like to, to make life sustainable because definitely for me like I feel like sometimes I go too much into my feminine you know like I'm very spiritual I love to like channel and like you know be in ceremony and I love to be taken care of but I feel like um yeah like it's it's easier for me to dismiss my inner masculine so yeah I would love to dive into that and also let's talk about money too <laughs> yes well that was a really beautiful reflection thank you so much for it because it completely resonated um a little backstory is that I went to an all-girls school from six years old to 18 and I made yeah 
couple of best friends there, one man, one woman, because um, there's a boys' school next door that was kind of separate, but like the brothers' school, they're still uh, best friends today. But it was challenging because there was a, it's so highly competitive in this all girls environment. There were lots of eating disorders. There were people abusing drugs and yeah, lots and lots of backstabbing, back talking. And I was always a bit older than my year. I actually was calendar wise, the eldest person in my year. And I felt like one or two years older than most people who I was in the same academic year as at school. And I just felt like I didn't want to be part of this. I totally, I mean, I was young. It's now, I mean, looking back, of course, I can't see it exactly how it was, but I had friends from different crews. Um, I had my own little one as well, but I was not, I, I was kind of moving around. Actually, my, funny, my sister was the same the year below me. Like, no, I'm not going to be defined by this like squad that I have to, submit myself to I'm just going to be friends with the people who I think are cool and I don't really care about the systems that are created here you know I, I I kind of yeah so after I left school I went completely just oh I can just hang out with men they're so simple and for my whole 20s I pretty much only hung out with men I mean that's not completely true and I have some very close female friends but most of my time was with guys and I found it very, very easy to get on with them. Very easy to, not with my sexuality either. It wasn't through flirting at all. I was very clear that these relationships were very platonic. Um, and guys sometimes find that a bit harder to stick to and like, oh my God, I think I'm in love with you. No, you're not. We're just good friends. Give it a month. You'll be fine. <laughs> um, that definitely happened a few times, but you know, I have male friends that I made in my early twenties who are also still best friends today. And yeah, I spent all of my time really mostly with men. And I found some of my female friendships during that time to be problematic um, because, do you know about Enneagrams? I just found out about the Enneagrams and it's like, oh my gosh, thank you. Yes, so I'm an Enneagram 8. If anyone knows what that means, it's like a personality type. And the Enneagram 8 is a challenger. Um, and it's quite rare for women to be an Enneagram 8. It perfectly describes my whole experience, literally, because mm. I was like strong and, yeah. and am, you know, knowing what I want, knowing what I believe in, but also very open to other people and sensitive too. Yeah. Um, but women would think that I was just this rock that had no feelings or something and find it a bit intimidating. And then there'll be like all sorts of weird stuff going on that I just, just couldn't really yeah. handle. So I'd just go back to the guys. Yeah. And the guys, I could just be whatever. I could shine. No one's comparing themselves. Mm, and I yeah. found, yeah, a lot of women were comparing themselves kind of. So yeah. that was the masculine time. And then you're right. When I went into the feminine, it was, I, I then had to, I think, completely give myself a, a few months. I think it was only a few months where I really went into that feminine and allowed myself to really be on that side. Again, it's the pendulum swinging. And now it's about bringing them together like you said and you asked me how do I manage to, to do that for me it's by creating my own work environment um, if I am in an environment which feels toxic to me I can go into old patterns I can feel triggered I can bring up my masculine uh, in a way that I don't want to um, and that happened here in Berlin actually funnily enough I was helping to run a women's network 
Um, but I, I hadn't realized when I joined that the, which was, it was really interesting because this was during the time I was connecting with my feminine, but the founder had a lot of issues and, and a lot of insecurities that, that, that she was bringing out um, on other people and kind of, you know, every, every single person ended up having a, a big fallout with her really. And it was really interesting because my ego came up and I responded to her with my masculine energy and pushing her and it was great experience for me to see, wait, okay, you've gone into this feminine space, but when you're confronted with somebody who's very um, negative, then you're still just going straight back to that old pattern. So that was a really good learning for me. And then I, I just decided, well, I'm never going to put myself into a toxic environment again. I don't have to. I'm an entrepreneur for a reason. I work with visionary women and enlightened men. I work with people who are aligned with me and my values. And if they're not, I'm not going to work with them. So that's how I, how, that's how I keep the balance is by being very, very, very aware and intentional about the space I'm in. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all of that, Nikki, especially about school. Like I can see, you know, those experiences probably resonate with a lot of people. And yeah, I just, I just feel like two, two things that you're mentioning that really ring a bell in terms of um, like wounds that the feminine suffers from and one is the sister wound that starts very early on in high school it starts in you know boarding school and all these environments where children and young teenagers are so unsupported really and so unguided on how to you know really be themselves accept themselves love themselves and do the same with others and I think the sister wound is obviously um, result of the patriarchy. And just to clarify for our listeners, basically it, it started when uh, women uh, were taking away their right to earn money and, and work for themselves. And then they became dependent on men. So therefore, when they started to become uh, young women, so in their teen years, and some girls start developing early and they are prettier, they have, you know, their bodies are developing um, earlier, they, they become a threat for the other women because there's this subconscious belief that mm, we're not all safe. If there's like a couple of girls that are like really strong and pretty, then they're going to be the ones who get the men. They're going to be the ones who are going to be safe because they're going to be taken care of and we're not going to be safe. So there's this deep subconscious wound that makes women turn to each other, right? And like all of these backstabbing happens in schools and women start to not trust one another and then we all get pushed into our masculine energy which is I guess an energy that comes through to protect us right so no wonder that your masculine energy comes through when you're in conflict because it's hard for us to be in conflict from a feminine space because it's not it hasn't been safe to be vulnerable and be emotional and like talk things through right like we've had we've had to uh, be in conflict so thank you for sharing that because I think it's very relevant and in a way it, it, I relate to your story um, so I was very happy as a as a child as a teenager but I, I do remember getting along better with men especially in my um, early 20s my teen, late late teens um, I obviously did sports science and there was not a single woman <laughs> there like I was like the only woman in class and and there were very peaceful years in my life where I was just like with lots of men and felt really really nurtured um but yeah I I think it's important to 
notice these wounds and allow them to be there and heal them and give them uh, space to be witnessed as well as also taking care of ourselves in the present moment like you're doing right like creating your environment that you know is going to support you in being in yeah in in the balance and um it's a so funny you're an eight because obviously the enneagram eight's like super strong and they're here to you know be leaders and to create deep change and that can be triggering for a lot of people and i i'm aware that eights trigger a lot of people but i know that they also have so much to offer <laughs> and i'm a nine so i'm the peacemaker so i'm like really good about I'm bringing people together and I really uh, get along with everyone um, but I can sometimes you know go along with other people too much and then store like resentment and anger so that's like my area of you know growth and improvement um, but yeah well, that's just, why we get on so well yeah I'm so compatible with nines my husband's a nine I'm an eight wing nine. I mean, if anyone knows, that means it just means like more towards the nine side than the seven side. But yeah, my husband's a nine. My best friend's a nine. And I wonder if your husband, who I know well, is an eight, <laughs> maybe. He's a one. He's is a he? one. No, okay. He, um, he's a one and a three. Okay. okay. Yeah, and I am a nine and a three. So oh. like, I go to three when I'm like, at my best you know, like to the achiever and like performer, um, really fun, you know, wants to be center of attention. And then when I'm mm -hmm. at my worst, I go to six. So like really stubborn and fearful. So I think mm -hmm. that's like my triangle. But anyway, like for the listeners, if you don't know what the Enneagram is, it's a personality test that's like really cool. Um, so you can get your free results online. Just go to Enneagram um.com <laughs> and then just uh, get your test there and you can see like how you're compatible with friends and family and yeah it's super useful yeah I love it too I just found out about it quite recently and just like you described just went online um found the first website in a google search and just did a free online test and then when I read it I was like yes that's <laughs> me thank you <laughs> yeah and, and obviously like these tests are not for anyone to just you know, identify with what the test says, but it's just another tool to like help you yeah. understand yourself a little bit better. You take what you resonate with and then you leave the rest, right? Um, exactly. And like yeah. the triggering thing that you just said, um, you can't you can't hear it, but I was grinning because yes, it does trigger people sometimes. And, and I would get really kind of sensitive and think, why is this person triggered? What have I done wrong? Why can't I just be myself? Why can't I be my full big self why do I have to shrink myself mm. to make mm. other people feel comfortable and yeah. that was the experience that I always had mm. and, and also like I feel like eight have this sort of noble shit policy <laughs> yes <laughs> and, and that's like a very well, I do yeah and that this energy is for for a woman it's part of the fierce feminine right which is no so welcome in the world especially in the corporate worlds like you keep quiet be the good girl you know do as you're told so I want to talk more about like these feminine wounds um maybe you can share a little bit about these um wound of like not being able to express your more like fierce side um but also I want to dive into money 
and how like women tend to carry these old patterns of like not being able to receive money, not being able to receive wealth and be their own bosses and sort of when they become entrepreneurs and this is definitely something that's happened to me in the beginning of my journey as an entrepreneur is like to want to give my services for free and like to want to give things away because we come from this like loving space of like feminine nurturing heart but then we are not able to integrate that with actually you know being grounded in the material world and having money to make an impact and so on yes exactly i mean money is such an interesting complex topic isn't it and one of the things i like to suggest that we do is take your journal and just write down about your relationship with money if money was a person and really explore all of the complex parts of that to look at it for the first time because quite often we don't even look at our relationship with money we have so many subconscious beliefs like if I make loads of money it means I'm greedy or if I get really rich I can't be aligned with purpose and value I have to it has to be at the cost of somebody else or I don't deserve to make lots of money because so and so isn't or you know there are so many that we have or if I make loads of money and get rich I won't have enough time to spend with my family or to go traveling so I don't want it and so there are so many different beliefs that we can have and it's really important I think to start to understand what ours are so that we can start to unpick them and look at how we can see that money is energy and it's just about flow it's a tool like you said, the more money you have, the more of an impact you can make, the more you can invest it into the things you care about uh, and the more freedom you have to shape your world and the world around you in a way which feels good to you. And I am so excited about this rising of feminine in business, in general, in the world. Everyone knows it's what we need to rebalance, not to overtake, of course, to, to, to rebalance with the masculine, which we all need in ourselves as well as in society and in the world as a whole. So, you know, a big part of that is accepting money and power. And mm -hmm. that's all within our own mindset. Mm. Yeah, this is so important because there is a clear rebalancing that needs to happen within the whole world and obviously within the world of business. And I'm just curious to hear your views on you know, having a successful business and a, a successful career as a powerful woman and how to balance that within your personal relationships, if you, especially if you're in a heterosexual partnership. Like, do you find that this is something that's easy to navigate? Do you find that it brings problems in relationships or confusion in roles? Um, yeah, I'm really interested in talking about this because obviously I come from a very specific relationship, right? Like my husband, he is wealthier than me. He has been since the very first day that I met him. And in a way, my relationship with him really allows me to be in my feminine energy because I don't have to worry about bringing in money for our family which is something that I'm grateful about. And it's something that I'm able to receive and enjoy. But at the same time, because we have this financial stability, uh, he has allowed me to grow into the person that I really want to be, right? Like to pursue 
my career in the healing industry, to become a breath worker, a coach, and to build a small business that can really create impact and can grow into something. And I'm not attached to the money coming through my business because I honestly don't need it for my survival, right? For, for my life. But that doesn't change the fact that I do have plans for my life and I, I have desires and things that I want to invest in. And I want to um, obviously make money and, and help people and grow. But I guess for me, it's really key that I don't have my job as my priority in my life. And that's how it works in my relationship. Like in my life, my relationship and my family are my priority. My joy is my priority. And then my business is something that I do because I love. And I understand that I'm in a very privileged position and not everyone is in this position. So I've always wondered like, okay, if you are in in a partnership where, you know, you are an equal breadwinner, let's say, and you're bringing money into your family, like how does that affect then your relationship and like your ability to be in your feminine, like being that like receptive, more soft side of you, of yourself, if that makes sense? Yeah, it's a lovely question. Um, I am the breadwinner uh, in my family with my husband and have been since we met. He was working in politics for the left-wing party in Germany and thought he could save the world that way until he realized it was just another pool of egos. Um, those are my words, not his, but um, yeah. And, and so he left that behind and we've been nomadic. He's been doing different things with investing and supporting my business as well. And I have been the, the person, the breadwinner. And before um, we were together with my last partner, who you know, who's, who I was with for many years, who's, who's still a dear friend. I always was ahead on the ladder and salary than him. Um, that's pretty much always been my experience. I've had, yeah, you know, other situations definitely, but um, yeah, I mean, for me, I would not be with a man who was, who was challenged by that in any way. Um, there would be many other things that would be wrong with the energy because I'm an Enneagram eight, right? <laughs> so I need to be able to shine, to thrive, to be my true self, to grow, to see bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and I need that freedom and space. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's super important to me. I mean, I'm all about empowering women. That's what I do. So I couldn't be in a relationship where I, as a woman, was not empowered. Mm. Um, I, I think it's also a lot to do with ego. When my husband and I had met, we'd, he had been through his very parallel journey. Um, you know, we met and was like, oh, I quit drinking a year and a half ago. Me too. I became vegan three years ago. Me too. I, you know, I left this corporate career or politics at this time me too my last relationship was five years it was like this me too you know we had um if anyone's familiar with the concept of twin flames people were telling me we were twin flames whatever that means or whether we are or not we don't need labels but we basically realized that our lives had been kind of mirrors of each other up until the day we met when and on that day we knew we'd spend our lives together and and it was clear a type of love i'd never believed in before actually um 
but I digress. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, it, it was like he had also had done the work. There's always more work to do, but he had done the work on releasing his ego, the passion of meditation, you know, really going into himself and releasing a lot of beliefs that he'd had before. So with my husband, had we met 10 years earlier, I don't know if anything would have even worked. You know, mm -hmm. we had to get to a certain place within ourselves first. And that, yeah, that was, you know, partly him also letting go of ego. And we don't, we also, you know, put, put family, love, relationships before career. Although my career is really important to me, it is not the most important thing in my life. Like I maybe used to kind of think it was. Um, and so it's, it's a tool, it's a way for us to express ourselves. And I think that jealousy, comparison, this is all from ego. Mm. And that just, it just, just does not exist in our relationship. So when mm. I've got a big opportunity coming, my husband's even said to me, you know what? I think you should do this and I want to support you in that for the next two or three years. And, I, and I've got this idea, which I think I'm thinking maybe I'm going to do after. We'll see. And maybe then I support him with that. We're a team. Yeah. We're a team. And it really doesn't matter who's generating what money. Mm. Um, and, you know, when I've been working more and making money, he's done all of the things which I really don't want to do. Selling the car, buying the car, sorting the insurance, all of this amazing stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for doing all of these things, which I cannot stand doing. So I get to do what I want to do as well, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think what's resonating is like the key is that you are just, you know, engaging as a team, as a, a couple that supports each other. And yeah, and also I guess the way for you to remain in your feminine is is just knowing that he's supportive. Yeah. So that is not a threat. That is not a... Um, you, it's not like black or white that you need to be one way and be in your masculine and then to 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 be someone who has a business but instead you can be a woman you can be in your feminine you can have your balance masculine feminine energy have a business and then bring that balance into your relationship with like mutual respect and support and yeah I think this is really really important because Uh, for me, for example, for my relationship, like I'm now making a big effort, you know, to support my husband by moving continents and, you know, um, giving up a lot of things that are important to me in order to support him in pursuing his PhD. But I just know that, you know, maybe in a few years I'll want to do something and then he'll need to support me. And it's always this flow back and forth of giving and receiving. And I, I agree with you, it's like a lot to do with mindset, right? Like if you believe that you're not worthy of being in business or having a career, you know, because you need to play a role of, you know, being this woman who is just paying attention to the husband all day and, you know, doing the, the role of the housewife. That's like a, I guess, a programming that we all need to check in with ourselves and see where we might be playing that in, in our lives. Yeah, exactly. And I think it really, yeah, it's about mindset, like you said. And I think it's also about identity. And if we are attributing our identity to our job, then, and our value and our self-worth, then we haven't gone internal yet. And 
whether my husband is in his incredible career in politics or helping his wife with her business, he doesn't see himself any more or less valid or valuable um, or lovable. And that's the point, I think, because it's, if, if you're a stay-at-home mom and that's your choice, that's incredible. That's what you're doing. You've made the right choice for you. If you're a stay-at-home dad, that then you, you've made, you know, and you've made that choice and that's how you want to spend your time. That's amazing. Mm. Just as if you have your own business or if you work in a certain career, if you're aligned with what feels right to you and what you truly want to do, don't let anyone tell you because someone's always got an opinion. Mm. You know, there's a sense of stay at home parents that are, you know, they've given up on themselves. Absolutely not. They've committed themselves to an incredible journey of, you know, helping to nourish life. And if you're running and creating an amazing business values and purpose driven, that's wonderful too. And mm. there are many phases of life. So yeah, I think the danger is that we have been conditioned in our society to really attribute our self-worth to our job. And we're not free until we can move beyond that. Absolutely. So in terms of your business and the programs that you offer for all of your beautiful clients, conscious entrepreneurs, what, what would you say are the biggest challenges that come up for your clients? Because I'm sure we're, we have a lot of conscious entrepreneurs in the listeners of this podcast, a lot of people who might be thinking about going into business, a lot of women who are waking into their power and who have something to bring into this world. So what would be a sneak peek of your, yeah, what does a, a day look like for Nikki and her clients? <laughs> well, no day is the same, but I have my mastermind transform on purpose where we move through three stages. So I can tell you about those. So the first one is about dispelling blockers. And that's about realizing that actually the biggest obstacle to our success in our business is ourselves. And I think that's something we don't always really realize from the beginning, but we have so many limiting beliefs and stories that we've always told ourselves and patterns and fears, fears of success as much as fears of failure, which hold us back and put us into behavioral patterns, which frustrate us, but we don't really know why. So really looking first at those, but with grace and kindness and understanding that there's so much work to be done internally at the same time as the external work. And that's what everything that I do is about. It's about this holistic combination because I don't believe that we can have someone working with us on our internal over there, a therapist, a coach, a spiritual guide, whoever, and then completely separately on the other side, someone helping you strategically build your business. How do you bring those things together? If you're the woman or the enlightened man running your business, building something, it comes from you, it comes from inside. The purpose is internal and you're translating it into an external expression, into a force into this world. So bringing those two things together and just really giving yourself the time to work on the internal stuff because that's what holds you back way more. Mm. You know, no one's gonna start with the perfect strategy, but you trial and error and you'll find, you'll find a great one and work with the right partners. But if you haven't done the internal work, it doesn't matter what strategy you have. So that's where we always start. And it's always really enlightening and opens up really unexpected things. And it's an ever, ever going journey on, you know, it never ends for me too. Um, and then the next step is about aligning with your purpose and really understanding that purpose is something which changes, which moves and evolves throughout our lives. 
Uh, it's not something that you just find and capture and put in a frame one day and stick to for the rest of your life. It evolves with you, but really aligning with what that means for you today and what your mission is in the world. And then building brand and business strategies that are really smart, that are really aligned with your mission and values to really get out there and speak to the people who you're meant to serve. Mm. Wow, that sounds really juicy, <laughs> really nice. Um, so in terms of purpose, do you find that people are connected to their purpose or that is something that they need to find and give meaning to? I'm curious because obviously I agree with purpose being something that evolves with time. Um, what would you say to someone who feels like they have no purpose or, or someone who goes through these phases of like, I've got a purpose and then there's no purpose in life. I've got a purpose, there's no purpose. Like, I feel like that's really relevant, especially with what's going on in the world. Like people with the pandemic are like sh shifting their, their careers, working from home, you know, starting to shift their focus. So what are your thoughts on purpose? Is it something that is always there and available for us to tune into or something that we have to get, have meaning, give it meaning? Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful question and a complex topic, but we can also make it really simple and just purpose is always within you and it's there for you to discover. It's not something to search for outside of you in the outside world. It's there within you and it's about tapping into yourself, into your values, into your belief system and understanding what you truly care about and getting rid of that external validation and all of these things you've been told that you need really asking yourself what you most passionately care about and what legacy you want to leave behind. And so we, we take our clients through a, a journey of, of how to do that, of how to actually define what their purpose is, but it's always there within you. It's just about going through the right process, asking yourself the right questions and working through some of the blockers so that you can understand what that is, because often there's a lot of fear associated with it as well. And um, if you feel you have no purpose, you might also have a, a belief that it's easier to tell yourself that because you can just stay where you are. Mm. And we know that humans are very scared of change and that's inbuilt within us. So, you know, you might be in a job that you don't find um, fully fulfilling, but be scared to look inside because you know what you will find will demand that you make radical mm. changes and you might not feel ready for that. So that's a big part of the process as well. But yes, our purpose is always there within us. And it's really something that's greater than ourselves. It's, it's a mission greater than you. And once you're tapped into it, you don't need to ask anymore, have I mm. found it? So that's, that's the point when you know yes. you're aligned. Absolutely. Oh, what a wonderful response. And it's bringing me back to uh, one of the ayahuasca ceremonies that I did in the last year and a half. Um, I went to Ritmia. And there was a shaman there one of the days and she was a beautiful woman. And she, she made this beautiful reference where, where she said, when you go to an ayahuasca ceremony, like you are so afraid to see what you're going to see, right? Like you're, you're so afraid to see these parts of yourself that you consider to be so wrong or um, you're afraid that you're going to see them and then you're going to have this horrible reaction. But they are all just internal 
shadows and monsters that we create to like have fun. There's nothing to actually be afraid of. And it, it's taking me to, yeah, to this journey that you've been taking us through with purpose and how it's always there and how there could be fear to, to go in there, right? Because maybe we picked up some ideas as children that perhaps what we loved to do was wrong or there's no hope <laughs> for the for the world or for humanity so we're very like afraid to to see those beliefs and thoughts and ideas and shadows but that's all they are like little monsters shadows that we've created our ego is created to keep our reality this um an illusion for us but actually what's beneath those illusions and shadows is just our true selves that are always shining and made of unconditional love and as you said greater than than we are so yeah yeah exactly and I love how you describe that about being afraid to see and I think as you were sharing that um, what came to me was also especially for women we can often then be afraid also to be seen and that was a, a harder part of my journey which I I didn't um, remember when I was talking about it, but I had thousands of contacts in the fashion industry globally. And I was about to start telling people that I'm a coach and that I'm a mentor and a consultant for conscious entrepreneurship. And when you make a big change like that, you're also challenging people's own view of the world because you're saying, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in what you believe in. And people can get very defensive. And I was scared a bit, although I like to think I don't care what anyone thinks of me. And in that moment, I, I had to catch myself thinking, oh my gosh, when I put this out there, certain people are going to really judge it. But then quite quickly, I realized firstly, no one really cares or thinks about you <laughs> like you think they do. So don't worry, they're not talking about you. They're talking about themselves. Um, but secondly, those are just not the people that I need to take forward in my journey. And I was amazed by the number of people who actually reached out to me from the fashion industry and said, hey, what you're doing is incredible. I'm on the same journey myself. I need to connect with something more meaningful, help. And I was amazed by that because I hadn't even realized, of course, there are other people in exactly the same place I was in, in their own way. So I think it's also, you know, being scared to be seen for who we truly are as well as women, especially um, when we're told how we need to be. Mm. And we're saying, no, I'm going to break that down. Yeah. Um, but we've got to do it together and celebrate each other doing it Absolutely. in our own unique ways. Yeah. And, and I love that you, I love how you've put this, together you know with your words and and it's just I guess it takes me back to realizing that there's no there's never one truth you know there are multiple truths occurring all the time because everyone's got their own filter through their beliefs their um, history their energy you know they're everyone is filtering their own reality through their own lenses and yeah, that, that's something that definitely I've learned through all my psychedelic journeys and my shamanic journeys and breath work and being able to acknowledge that, you know, we're in this multidimensional universe, this holographic matrix. And um, yeah, like we are all projecting on each other all the time. So actually when you're coming out there and, and 
telling all your fashion industry friends that you are now a mentor and a coach. And that insecurity came up for a moment thinking, wow, they're going to judge me. It's, it's no more than a projection of like a fear that was already there um, internally. And then it's, it's through those people that you can then have that fear projected back at you and reflected back at you, sorry, um, so that you can acknowledge it and be like, wow, yeah, this is it, right? And it just feels so important to be in the present moment, like you said, like be in your body, be in, in the present. And we need more people in this world, in all industries, and especially in the corporate industry, in the entrepreneurial industry, like we need more people who are tapped into these uh, concepts of spirituality, internal journeying, you know, like life is sacred, all of this. We need to bring this medicine, we need to bring this feminine energy into like the normal, <laughs> you know, world where like people are in their jobs like nine to five and that's totally fine, but we need to just balance that out. Yeah, and I love how you just mentioned going back to the body because that's what was coming up for me was you know, the sense of are you responding or projecting based on your mind or based on your body? And we get such different messages from the two and just like tuning into that knowing and that confidence and that groundedness and just not empowering the mind with its little fear games and, and circles that it can sometimes draw for us is so, so important. Oh, well, Nikki, thank you so much for today's conversation. It's so inspiring and oh, you're such a good example of you know a beautiful conscious entrepreneur and I'm sure you're gonna help loads of humans and yeah is there anything else you would like to share before we wrap up this conversation anything that's coming through that you feel needs completion no thank you so much I feel that our conversation came to a beautiful natural organic end and I just want to thank you for having me and for creating such a, a sacred space with your podcast which I know is very intentional and I really feel it and really appreciate it it's been a really beautiful experience and a lovely energy around our conversation so thank you so much oh thank you Nikki so um... Just before we go, um, how can our listeners connect with you, check you out, uh, go and join your beautiful mastermind program? Yeah, so the best place to find me is on Instagram or on Clubhouse. Both of them are at Nikki Trot, N-I-K-K-I-T-R-O-T-T. And my website, nikkitrot.com, leads you to the things I'm doing, uh, to consciousaccelerator.com and to my podcast, goingconscious.com. But you can also just put Going Conscious into any of your, um, your favorite platforms where you listen. And if you type Going Conscious Natalia, then you'll find our episode together. Yay. <laughs> okay, well, I'll link everything to the show notes. And yeah, so lovely chatting with you and speak soon. You too. Thank you. Speak soon. All right, there you have it, going conscious with Nikki Trot. What a powerful conversation. I'm sure that all of you are ready to dive into discovering your purpose. And if that's something that you want to do, I encourage you to connect with Nikki and follow her in all her platforms. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you loved the episode and you are enjoying this podcast, 
I ask that you please leave me a five-star review and also that you connect with me, share this podcast on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and tag me or tag Nikki and let us know how this episode is landing for you. So before we close today's conversation, another quick reminder that if you are interested in embarking on your own holistic awakening journey, I have an opportunity to work one-to-one with me beginning in June 2021. Spots for the Holistic Awakening program are now open for enrollment, so make sure that you are um, applying for that if you are interested in the next few days. And yeah, I wish that you are having a beautiful day, whatever you are, and that you take this conversation with you. See you in the next episode.